Welcome back to the Shots Aside podcast. I'm your host, Alex, joined by Matt once again. What, it's been uh, about a week and a half, maybe two weeks since the last time we did a podcast, Matt. Um, last time we were on there, talked about game four of the NBA Finals. Um, you know, I, I was going to do a game five, but I was kind of, you know, trying to get rid of some frustrations that I had with this year's NBA Finals, just how one-sided it kind of looked from Denver's side. Um, first off, I just want to talk about kind of Jimmy Butler and kind of the disappointment that he had just in those finals. Obviously, we know what he did in the playoffs. You know, first eight seed since I think the Knicks um, back in the 90s to uh, make a finals as an eight seed. That's impressive alone. Um, and everything that Jimmy did before the finals was super impressive. Um, he got them to the finals, you know, not single-handedly because he had, you know, help from players like Caleb Martin who didn't show up in the finals. He had um, help from Bam Adebayo. A lot of players on that on that Heat team that were role players that st- stepped up in the playoffs didn't quite step up in these playoffs, but I thought Jimmy was kind of the main catalyst of why they couldn't really, you know, not, not necessarily steal more games, but make this, you know, a little bit more interesting and, and put Denver on, on the ropes, so to speak. Um, what did you see out of Jimmy Butler? And um, is it all on Jimmy Butler or is this more of uh, you know, Denver, Denver was just the best team this year. Uh, you know, I thought it was kind of a little bit of both. I mean, Jimmy was definitely disappointing compared to what he did the rest of the playoffs. I mean, it, people were calling him playoff Jimmy and everything like that. And, uh, he was balling out. He, uh, he was playing pretty good. Um, kind of honestly, like a throwback to how he was playing in the bubble where he was kind of pl- took it to another level um, during most of the playoffs. But in the finals, I, I feel like it was kind of a mixture of running out of gas as well as um, maybe he had like, some lingering ankle issues from that Celtic series from um, rolling his ankle. But We'll never know, though. Yeah. <laughs> He's I mean, not going to tell us. And at the end of the day, too, like, I mean, Denver had, like, various injuries, too. Like, Jokic rolled his ankle in one of the games, too. So, I mean, you really never know with those types of things. But at the end of the day, he was on the court, and he just wasn't the Jimmy that, like, you would probably hope for if he was heat. But, I mean, at the same time, like, that was probably Denver's, like, one focus on defense was basically just make anybody else but Jimmy beat us. Um, yeah, and, and, and they had yeah. they had a guy that stepped up and and took that responsibility in Aaron Gordon, who probably did the best out of anybody in the playoffs guarding Jimmy Butler. Um, and I think Jimmy does have problems with size, especially size that can, you know, that is athletic as Aaron Gordon is. So um, when you mix those two things together, I think. Um, plus just, you know, the, the will that Aaron Gordon showed on that, on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, if we were talking about Aaron Gordon on the magic or even, you know, last year, two years ago, you wouldn't have said he's, you know, a great defensive player. Would you have, it's kind of like that Andrew Wiggins effect that we had last year. Yeah. I mean, definitely like Aaron Gordon showed pretty much why, like, I mean, at one point, like he was kind of like an, I don't know if he ever made the all-star, but he, with the Magic, he was, like, a bigger piece of their team. So he kind of showed that, you know, like, he can be a more vital piece than maybe 
people had previous thought. But at the same time, too, like he can be limited offensively too um, when like he's not hitting threes um, because then you can basically just like lay off of him um, and kind of clog the paint up a little bit. But in this series, I mean, he was honestly just great all around in this series. Like defensively, he was unbelievable on Jimmy Butler. I think it was kind of like a little bit like similar to like how LeBron played on him in the finals like a couple years ago in the bubble is that a bigger because I would compare it like I'm not saying he's LeBron but I would say like their statures are somewhat similar yeah in Aaron Gordon um I think that that defender has always get kind of given Jimmy a little bit of trouble because he's a mid-range like magician so he gets to his spots and he tries to, um, you know, like manhandle like smaller guards because he's kind of a little bit of a mismatch because he's a bigger guard. Um, so it's tough for gar- guards to defend him, but then it's tougher for slow forwards to, to defend him. So, um, I mean, Eric Gordon is just kind of like that perfect player to like. Um, and we even saw it like in different parts in the series is like when Michael Porter got on him. He's he's falling for the the little Jimmy pump fake every time. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, not a great series out of Jimmy, but at the end of the day, you're an eight seed. You made it to the finals. I, I know it's disappointing to lose, but at the same time, it's I mean, it's pretty impressive. Um, I mean, they didn't have Hero either, too. Which um, would he have made a difference? I I don't know, but scoring um, wise, I I think he would have, and he would have gave them more of. You know, they struggle with bench points, so I think he would have gave a little bit more, you know, boost off the bench to kind of, like, keep them in games Well, you know, Jimmy was off or Jimmy was off the court or if, you know, Bam was off the, off the court or, you know, some of these players on their starting uh, lineup were, were not playing, you know, maybe Tyler Hero could give, you know, that kind of boost, especially when, you know, somebody like Caleb Mon- Martin and Max Struess weren't having that great of a series in general. You can at least, you know, throw out Tyler Hero and see what he can give you. Yeah, I, I thought that was probably what they were missing, along with maybe a, a needing like a backup center too, because I thought Cody Zeller was kind of toast out there. <laughs> yeah. No. Um. So that would have been helpful as well. Just, um. But I think I think they're actually pretty close though, like going into the off season. Yeah, and going into the off season too, you know, Miami has been, you know, we'll talk about it a little bit later, but they might be in the stakes for Damian Lillard. Um. Denver also has some players that, you know, like Bruce Brown, um, that'll be on the free agent market who they might lose, might lose, probably will lose because they can only offer him, I think, around like, what was it, like 3.8 million, something like that. Um, and, you know, he's probably looking to get probably around, you know, a little bit above the mid level exception. So probably around that 13 to $15 million range um, as a role player for another team. Um, you did mention, you know, Jimmy Butler being a, you know, kind of a bubble playoff player. Um, another person that we didn't mention was Jamal Murray, you know, was also known as Bubble Murray. <laughs> and, um, you know, we didn't hear a whole lot about Jamal Murray over these last, you know, couple of years, mainly due to injury, uh, a little bit different than Jimmy Butler. But um, he really showed off, you know, not in, even in these playoffs alone, but especially in these finals. Um, the way that, you know, he was kind of like that 1B to, to Jokic in this entire playoff, especially in the finals, um, showed why, you know, Jamal Murray is that guy and can 
you know, help you win a championship. Um, especially when you have the best player um, in the NBA right now in Jokic. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, Jamal Murray, uh, I mean, it's, it's impressive too coming back from his ACL too because um, you never really know like how players will respond or how long it'll take for them to fully recover too. Or, if, um, or even if they come back healthy, like we've seen this with Kawhi and Paul George, like Clippers yeah, don't know yeah. when they're going to come back, especially with, you know, knee injuries like that. So granted he is a young player, so maybe that helped a little bit, but we didn't know if he was going to be, you know, this good or the same Jamal Murray that we saw in the bubble. Yeah. And especially like, there's always like the, the chance of getting re-injured too. Cause I mean, uh, they had, didn't have the same injury, but Kawhi and Paul George have been constantly injured too. Um, so you never really know what that stuff. And also, like Murray is a very hyper athletic player too. Like I feel like sometimes it gets forgotten how athletic he is. Um, like a big part of his game is like those those pull ups off of the screens, and he gets up really high on those. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think Murray is kind of showing that like. I mean, he's more of a more of a one B that than an afterthought after Jokic. Um, obviously, Jokic is honestly like in his own tier just because he's that freaking good, right? Um, but that Jamal Murray was impressive too. I think the most impressive for me for him was the Lakers series. I thought he played unreal in that series. Um, I mean, yeah, him. he was good the whole playoffs, but that series, uh, I mean, it really like put the nba on notice right yeah and well and it helps too when denver has all those solid role players like kcp was excellent in that lakers series um bruce brown we talked about him uh he was great all playoff um playoff long um yet aaron gordon um the only thing they really didn't have was like a backup center but when you have Jokic, i mean he just it looked like he never made any mistakes out there um didn't really need a lot of rest, which I thought might be, you know, his Achilles heel going into the playoffs is, you know, are they going to have to play a DeAndre Jordan who, you know, (laughs) you really can't count on at this stage of his career, but, you know, were they going to have to find ways to kind of manage with Jokic off the court? And, you know, they, they showed they could, and he really didn't sit a whole lot in the finals. So, um, and that's thanks to a lot of those role players, like, Christian Brown played great as well as a rookie, um, which is impressive because he won the national title the year before with Kansas. Now comes into the league his first year, wins an NBA title. I mean, you can't get better than that, can you? No. I I think I saw, too, that he won a high school championship, too. Oh, jeez. Just a winner. (laughs) Yeah, just straight-up winner. Three-peat right there. Wow. But, yeah, I mean – Denver just had the better team. I, I thought, you know, coming into the playoffs, obviously they went, I think the last month they were they were pretty awful. That's why a lot of people didn't think very highly of them winning the finals, even as a number one seed in the West. Um, but, you know, come playoffs, like they looked, you know, fresh, well-rested. Um, everything was clicking and uh, they got a lot of, you know, Jokic got a lot of help and also he had his games where, you know, he showed he can put up 30, 40 points in a game and also give you those, you know, 15 assists, 20 rebound games. So um, all around, though, he's I mean, he's got to be the best player in the NBA right now, right? 
Yeah, I would say so all around. I mean, it's, it's tough to say. I mean, obviously, like, right now in this very moment, he's probably the best. Yeah. But, like, we'd probably say, like, a different player. Like, it's probably recency bias a little bit. But, I mean, but, I, but, I, I mean, he has been the – he was a two-time MVP before this year as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think that, like, the top five is pretty much, like, interchangeable. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you could put him up there. That, so you say he's, he's for sure top three. So like, I, yeah, I, yeah, I get what you're saying. Like, usually there's a top five, and like, if one of those top fives wins a championship, we're usually like, oh, that guy's the best player in the NBA at this moment. So yeah. I, I get what you're saying. Like, you'd probably say the same about Giannis like two years ago or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. But I mean, it's it's gonna change. Like, that's just the way it works. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that Denver did an incredible job surrounding him with, like, the talent, too, that was able to compete for a championship. That, like, the roster fit perfectly, honestly. Yeah. Um, I mean, even, like, putting Jeff Green in there, too, for spurts, like, having, like, he's been in so many playoff DeAndre series. DeAndre Jordan? <laughs> Not, I mean, maybe on, the, maybe on the bench. I mean, he's he's been through like heartbreaks with the Clippers and stuff. So he knows kind of what the playoffs yeah. are like, but um, yeah, you're not looking for Deandre Jordan to give you solid minutes in the playoffs at this point is in his career. No, it was nice though. Like you were saying before, like that they got solid minutes out of Christian Braun for a rookie. Cause like I, he played a pretty like integral part of the championship, even if it was a smaller one. Well, and there were parts in that, I, I think it was started, maybe it was sooner in the Lakers series, but definitely in the Lakers series where Coach Malone just pulled him after like, I want to say he played like five minutes or six minutes in a spurt in like the second quarter. And did, it was not one of his better quarters. And Malone just pulled him. We didn't see him the rest of the series. Come the finals, I was like, there's no way Christian Brown's playing any minutes after what we just saw. And, you know, Give credit to Coach Malone and that and that coaching staff to you know put him in in certain situations and he looked ready for the moment. He you know played with aggression, had a lot of steals, um, and, and played great defense. I mean, when Aaron Gordon wasn't out there guarding Jimmy, it was Christian Brown, and I thought he did you know for a rookie in the finals against Jimmy Butler to I mean you're not going to stop Jimmy every time, but I thought he did it as good of a job as you possibly can do, especially Matt when you said. You know, Jimmy has struggles with some of those, you know, taller, six foot eight, six foot nine, athletic forwards versus Christian Brown, who I believe is six five, six six, so like a little bit shorter than Jimmy. Um, still athletic though, and um, still got, you know, good contest on most of those shots on on Jimmy. So you got to give credit to him as well. You know, having a great finals appearance, um, and a, quite honestly, a steal in the draft, which. Um, I don't know if there's anything you wanted to touch base uh, on the finals, but um, this leads perfectly into our next kind of subject or talking point, I should say, is, you know, the draft just happened not too long ago. Um, uh, do you want to go through the draft results right now and, and we can kind of go through them and give our two cents, so to yeah. speak? Yeah, I'm down for that. So, I mean, first pick, obviously, Victor Wimbanyama uh, goes to the Spurs. Um, everybody saw that coming. Um, super excited to see this guy come in, Matt. I just want to see hear what you know, kind of you ha- what your thought process is on Victor and what he can kind of bring to not only the Spurs but to the NBA in general. 
Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, he's honestly a little bit of, of a unicorn. Um, I know that gets tossed around a lot with, like, big guys like him. Like, obviously, Porzingis. And, I mean, people even say stuff like that about, like, Chet. And basically, they compare him to, like, a, a KD. Um, but I think he, he's kind of like a mix of, like, you know, like, it's not just his offense with Wem- Wemby. Wemby's uh, his defense is just incredible too he has really good shot blocking skills and timing um and i think that's pretty rare for a young player too um so i think he's gonna help defensively a lot and um obviously he'll have to put on a little bit of side or um like fill out his frame like a little bit um but i think like it gets overstated a little bit that like he's gonna have to do that because like he's not as skinny as chet is like he, he's already right. bigger than Chet is. Um, so I think uh, and he just got measured today, too, and he's seven foot three and a half inches uh, officially. Um, with no shoes on, too. With no shoes so, like, on. So, like, add another inch, inch and a half. So he's, he's probably seven five with, with shoes on. Yeah. And I mean, he honestly could even, like, grow another inch, too, because he's only 19. Like, so That'd be you, crazy. <laughs> you never really even know. But, um, I mean, he's just, like, an exciting talent. I think, obviously, like, with tall people, you worry about injuries. Um, but I think, like, if he stays healthy, like, he's one of those players that, like, could really, I mean, be, like, around the league for a while, but also maybe even potential Hall of Famer if he plays um, up to the hype. But, obviously, it's easier said than done. I mean, there's been plenty of guys that have come into the league I've been really hyped, like Wiggins, Zion, um, the list goes on. And then um, for one reason or another, they kind of have some things go wrong. But, I mean, the the Spurs is the best organization, like, possible for him probably to go to, honestly. Like, their last two number one picks were David Robinson and Tim Duncan. So um, It's a good company to be in. Yeah, pretty good company. Um, I just think... They, they have good player development there too so um i, I think he's in good hands I, i'm pretty excited to see what they they do um their their roster is kind of lacking a little bit um outside of Wemby. i like devin vassell he's a good player um Kelton johnson's pretty good um they I have think... cap space though so like they could make some moves in free agency which uh, we'll talk about a little bit later or like yeah or um, even sign trades yeah, I don't know. Well, it'll be interesting to see what they do. I, I I saw somebody throw out today too that they're a dark horse in the the Dame Dollar sweepstakes. So mm. that, that that'd be pretty interesting. Uh, I don't know. I, if, I don't know if Dame would want to go there. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I don't know if uh, they have like the like necessary tools to compete right now, even though they got Wemby, but. It really all depends on how good he is coming out of the gate. Um, yeah, I, th- I think he'll be good, but I, I yeah. think when he comes in the league, like I think he's going to be mainly like the thing that's going to wow you away right away is like he he's going to have games where he has like five, six, maybe even seven blocks in a game, and you're going to be like, "Geez, how do you even how do you even get a layup on this dude?" Like that's yeah. where I think he's going to be huge coming into the league. Like he'll have ups and down games scoring the ball um but uh i think defense is going to be a huge thing um going with uh victor 
Um, at number two, though, the Hornets took Brandon Miller. Do you think this is the right pick at number two? Um, yeah, I mean, he definitely, like, if you're uh, drafting based off of team need versus just talent, then yes. Um, talent-wise, I, don't I, think... pro- I probably would have picked Scoot. Um, just because, like, anytime you're that high, I feel like you just have to pick talent. But I Exactly. Mean, uh, I mean, top five, you got to take the best talent. You can't be like, yeah. oh, this guy fits our team so much better than this next guy. Like, we've I seen that, that happen with the, the Markel Fultz draft where they took Markel Fultz over Jason Tatum. Like, this well, yeah, has happened that, that's how before. That's how you end up with uh, Marvin Bagley instead of Luka Doncic. Um, right. But, I mean, it's... Uh, it happens every single year, so it's not not too surprising. But at the same time, I think Brandon Miller does have a high ceiling. I just feel like his floor is a lot lower than uh, Scoots is. Like, uh, I, I'm not sure if like it could go a lot worse. <laughs> is what I'm saying is like if yeah. he doesn't pan out. But I I, th- I do think he does have a high ceiling though. Like he's got. Like at, at Alabama, he was a really good scorer. I know he struggled in the tournament, um, obviously, but um, struggled against the big schools as well. Yeah, um, but the the frame is really nice. Um, he's not like mm-hmm. a hyper athletic player. Like Scoot's way more athletic um, than he is. But at the same time, like I I do kind of worry a little bit about Scoot shooting. Um, I I would like to see that get a little bit better. Um, because not everybody's like I mean he's he's probably gonna make an instant impact scoot is so he's gonna it's gonna look really lopsided at first I have a feeling like scoot's gonna look a lot better than Brandon Miller at first in my opinion personally uh, I'm not I'm not worried about scoot's shooting and I'll tell you why um, well if, I'm just worried in the way like like similar to like jaw like I feel like they're both really good players. But, like, wouldn't you like to see Josh shoot a little bit better? And he has improved, and I think Scoot could improve too. But even Um, in college at Murray State, like, Ja wasn't a good three-point shooter at Murray State. Like, he didn't take a lot of three-point shots. Like, he was more athleticism and finding his teammates. That's that's what he did well. I think he's better than – I mean, he shot, like, what was it, like 33% um, for the G League Ignite, and – I mean, you look at the Blazers at this number three pick where they took Scoot. You know, some of their draft picks before Damian Lillard, um, you know, Anthony Simons, Shaden Sharp, all those guys can shoot the ball. Um, I'm not worried about – I think the Blazers are really good at um, working with their guards and getting them to, you know, be the best version. He's going to have a lot of playing time on the Blazers, whether that's with Damian Lillard or without Damian Lillard. I think he's going to have the time – you know, to go through ups and downs shooting. But um, I, I think he's got a real good chance of, you know, whether it's him or Victor, one of those two probably being rookie of the year just because of, you know, the amount of time and, you know, not only time on the court, but also time with the ball. Uh, I think both those players are going to have the ball in their hands a lot of the time. Um, and, you know, I, I yeah. like this Scoot pick at number three, even Scoot, though, you know. Scoot actually shot 27% from three. Well, that was, yeah, but it didn't count also his um, three-point percentage for um, 
the other league he was in. I'm not yeah. quite sure. I mean, it's more like that. Like he shot 76% from free throw, too, which you want free throws to be better, too, because like, yeah. that usually no, there are, there are cons- There are concerns with Scoot, for sure. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying I'm personally, I'm just not worried that worried. I mean, you know, we'll kind of see in the G league, see how many games he plays. Uh, I, I expect like Victor and scoot maybe to play one or two games. Um, and if they oh, play the, well, in the summer kinda, league. Yeah. In the summer league. I and think, then just kind of, they said Victor's not playing. In it. Not playing at all. Yeah. Apparently. I don't know why, well, but that's, that kind of sucks because I think the first matchup is Spurs against Hornets, so you could have <laughs> seen the f- number one versus number two. But guess, uh, guess we won't get that. Yeah, I wish wish he was playing. I, that's kind of dumb, in my opinion. Yeah, but what do you do? Um, so those those first three picks were kind of you know set in stone. Not necessarily set in stone, but we knew those three players were going to get picked somewhere in that top three. I should say, you know. Starting at two and three between Brandon Miller and Scoot Henderson, that's where uh, we kind of thought they'd be. But um, the draft really started at four, and the Rockets had a tough pick. Uh, they ended up going with Amin Thompson. His brother, Asar Thompson, uh, ends up going next at five uh, to the Pistons. Uh, kind of cool moment uh, to see two twins go in the top ten of an NBA draft. I don't think we've seen that I think the last time we saw twins get make it in the draft, the first round was Marcus Morris and Markeith, I believe. And that was yeah, that was that, a while ago. That sounds right. So, um, pretty impressive to see two two twins go in the top five. What do you think the Rockets get from Amen Thompson? Who both these Thompson twins are six foot seven. Amen's more of a passer distributor distributor. Um, good vision, um, good athleticism, kind of like John Morant. Even though I don't like giving out comparisons, uh, he's got that kind of that kind of drive to him. Uh, Asar's more of a a better shooter, better defender type of player. Um, but but starting with the Rockets, what do they get from Ahmed Thompson? Yeah, I mean, I think this was actually a little bit of an interesting pick because he kind of like reminds me a little bit of like. Jalen Green too, um, to a certain extent. Um, well, did, I mean, Jalen's more of a scorer. I think Amen Thompson's more of a like he'll get his players involved. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. I just mean more like the hyper athleticism. Like Jalen Green right. is a highlight waiting to happen every time too. Um, but yeah, I think if if they, I assume maybe they're going to play him at like point guard, right? That's what I would think, and then move Jalen Green to that shooting guard position where I think yeah, so we'll benefit both of them. Basically, you'd probably just play him over Kevin Porter, right? Right. So does this mean KPDJ is going to be on the move then? Uh, yeah, I don't know. but the, he definitely. Or, or do mean, you play him at the three? I guess you could play him at the three. I mean, it definitely means – well, I'd probably actually play Tari Eason at the three. Right, you got Tari Eason. And then Jabari I mean, at the four and Seguin yep. at the five. But um, I don't know. This is an interesting lineup, but I actually don't mind it too much. I think other than the highest on the Thompson twins, like I would prefer like Scoot and Brandon Miller over them. Um, I even uh, preferred Cam Whitmore over both them too. Um, Same. We'll talk about but, him a little later. Yeah, but... we'll talk about him. But 
Um, or, do you, that, or do you want to talk about him right now? About uh, his... We can talk about him right now, too. I mean, yeah, Cam, go for Cam it. Whitmore, like, he was projected. Like, this was one of the picks that um, was projected to go at, at this point to the Rockets was Cam Whitmore out of Villanova. Um, he ended up falling because uh, some bad pre-draft workouts and then maybe some health concerns, too. They didn't really share anything from the health perspective, did they? Um, that not you know not of. yet, but uh, I mean, you would um, think they would probably come out with that article sometime in the future, just to let us know why he slipped so far. But like you said, we both we both had him projected, you know, probably around four. Me and you both, and he slipped all the way to twenty, which is <laughs> to surprising. The too, which is to the Rockets, <laughs> they ended up getting Thompson and Whitmore, which is crazy. Getting two top draft, five, honestly. Yeah, no, by far the best draft, I think. Um, but it's just crazy how Cam Whitmore slips past, like, you know, teams like the Jazz, who had two second-round picks and could have taken a flyer on him, or the Lakers, or the Heat, where I think he'd fit good. Warriors could have taken him. Um, there was a number of teams where I was like, how do you, like, let this dude sleep, slip, even if he does have some injury concerns? Like, you got to take the upside in what he showed you in college. Um, and in case you guys don't know, Cam Whitmore has great athleticism he can shoot the ball well um i think they said you know he had some weird measurements on his um on his wingspan i think his wingspan was only like 28 inches or something which is not that great from a small forward position but i mean this this dude's a a great athlete um go it went to villanova which is known for a lot of great players when it comes to the defensive side of the ball um, some notable players that come to mind are like Jalen Brunson, Mikel Bridges, um, that type of player that comes out. And um, I was just personally, I, w- I think the way they showed it on the draft process is I was like, why is this not like a bigger deal? Like they were like, oh, he's, you know, he's just slipping like not, a, you know, we'll just keep talking about who gets picked. But it, I thought it was a huge deal knowing that Cam Whitmore slipped all the way to 20 and the Rockets still end up getting them. Um your thoughts on that? I mean, that's, I thought that was crazy. Yeah, I mean, like, just even going off, like, the ESPN, like, pre-draft thing, like, they even had him at rank number six. Uh, right. So, like, obviously, it was a bigger slip than many expected. Um, I mean, maybe there's there had to have been something, like, behind the scenes, like, that we haven't, like, known about. It can't just be, like, a bad pre-draft workout. I feel like player that talented like i don't know it it maybe his injury thing is something like more than like what was expected because um that's a pretty big fall but i think with the rockets though like with with it being your second first round pick like i mean it, you kind of just have to pick for upside sometimes too like the upside right. is enormous with a, a player like whitmore so i th- i think uh I'm smart by them honestly like yeah, and if it doesn't work out, that's fine. I mean, you still have Tar Eason. I mean, you still have a bunch of young talent, so it's not it's not that big of a deal if it doesn't pan out. But exactly. I mean, it, it's worth it to take a chance. And um, you know, a team that also had two picks that could have possibly get them right after them, um, after that Pistons pick at five where they took Asar Thompson, um, Magic had two chances at six and eleven. At six, they take Anthony Black, the uh, tall guard. I, I believe he's six foot seven as well, out of Arkansas. Um, 
most of you guys probably know him from his uh his crazy hair that he's got but um you know he's a he's a good guard i i he does remind me very similar to the way markel fultz who also plays with magic kind of plays you know he's not a great shooter um but he is quick i I shouldn't say he's quick he's not that quick but um you know he's good at uh facilitating i mean he plays with good like flow to the game yeah kind of like his hair yeah he's a floor general right um I'm I'm not the biggest on Anthony uh, Anthony Black, um, and I'm not too bullish on where he went to the Magic as well because the Magic hasn't haven't had um, that great of luck drafting guards. Um, even though some of their draft picks, guards wise, you know, still kind of waiting on to see what we get out of them. Notable, you know, Jalen Suggs. Who else they got? They got Cole Anthony. Markel Fultz, who we just brought up. Um, don't they have one more guard? Maybe missing, or is those those are the three, right? Yeah, those are the three. Right, so... I mean, they have Gary Harris, too. I guess he's a guard. Yeah, but... Not a point guard, though. Yeah, more of a shooting guard, but... Um, it's kind of interesting, because now, now they add Anthony Black, so you got Anthony Black, you got Jalen Suggs, Cole Anthony, and then Markel Fultz. I mean, you got to think one or maybe even two of those players might get traded or you might have to put, you know, Suggs at the two or or one of these guards at the two. But um, you would think that, you know, maybe one of these guards after this pick probably gets traded, would you think? Yeah, I'm not really sure what their uh, contract... I, th- I thought Markel Fultz contract's up and honestly, Anthony Black reminds me of like a, a less athletic Markel Fultz. Uh, um yeah. Fultz is definitely more athletic. Um, so I, I could maybe, like, depending on, like, what he's asking, like, if it's, like, over, like, $25 million, I definitely wouldn't be paying that for Markel Fultz. <laughs> um, so this this could be a, a good replacement for him if he decides to leave because I, I don't love Anthony Black, but he is a good defender. He averaged two, over two steals a game in college. Um, he's a decent enough three-point shooter. Um but I don't know. I'd say overall, like he's probably a pretty good fit with their team. Um, I think that they kind of know that like they have scoring already. Like Franz Wagner is a good scorer. Paulo's a good scorer. Um, I mean, even uh, we'll see what we get from Chet too, because Chet's coming back this year. I mean, that's that's basically a first round pick for Orlando. They basically have three. Well, Chet's, um, knowing that you Chet's get on Chet the back. Oh, what am I talking about? We'll have to cut that out. <laughs> yeah, it'll be nice when they get Chet. Just, yeah, it'd be nice when uh, they get Chet in but, a trade. <laughs> I mean, they got they still they have other pieces that I like too. Like obviously, I still like Bull Bull, um, who they didn't use that much. He might not be part of their future, but Wendell Carter's not bad. Um, Suggs has been been pretty good at, at times. He's obviously struggled at times too. Inconsistent, um, I'd say. Maybe they get Jonathan Isaac back in three or four years too. Um, you never know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's gonna work out. <laughs> but I I don't mind this pick. I think I think he does have upside. He he honestly kind of reminds me of a little bit of uh, Tyrese Halliburton. Um, a good defensive guard Ooh. with with length. Um, 
I'm not really sure if his shot is as wacky as Halliburton's, but it's not not the best. Um, I think he's got that upside. I, that, that's actually kind of been a trend recently, too, in drafts is, like, teams picking bigger guards, bigger point guards. Like, obviously, we just said Eamon Thompson. Um, I think that, that's one that went to the Rockets, right? Like a 6'6 six, six point Correct, guard. Yep. Like, these guards are – like, it, it, people are looking a little bit more for that, that tall guard versus, like, the, the six-foot guard seems like most of the shorter guards are falling into the second round nowadays. Um, right. But, Unless you're like a crazy shooter or have crazy or athleticism. Like, yeah, crazy talent. Because like Scoot's not that tall, but he's also... Can yeah, he's six foot two or three. Gym, but Right. Yeah, or even like but, Cade. Like he's a tall guard. Um, yeah. But yeah. Six foot six. So I, I think that's where I, the NBA is kind of transitioning is to just, you know, not really looking at necessarily what position you play but how well rounded you are like with yeah. height on top of that so um, um but i i, I, I want to get to this seventh well pick, i was just gonna say since, you have some i mean since we're on the magic we might as well talk about the 11th yeah. pick first just to even though it's out of order just so we don't have to circle back to the magic um yeah that's with, fine. with the 11th pick they picked um jet howard which I, it's not that uh, I don't like Jet Howard. I just thought it was a little bit of a reach at seven or at eleven. Um, I think he could end up being a decent player, but I thought definitely he's a little bit raw, and I thought that was a reach at eleven. Um, also, I don't know what the Magic's obsession is with Michigan guards. Um, they they picked one in the last three drafts, um, but I don't know. Uh, maybe it'll work out for them. Well, here's the thing. I'll be completely blunt. Um, you were kind of nice with it. I'm not going to be so nice. I, I don't think this is a great pick at all. I'm not a big fan of Jed Howard. I don't think he's going to be that good in the NBA. And um, I just don't know. You know, he's a good three-point shooter. I mean, that's what he's known for. But you had other three-point shooters in this draft that I thought were be- way better in Grady Dick, Jordan Hawkins. Um, you know, some of those players I thought were not only ranked higher than him, but I thought were better shooters. And, um, you know, I just thought it was a questionable pick. And also maybe I'm just not the big, biggest jet Howard fan, but you know, maybe it works out. Hopefully it works out for the magic, but, um, you know, he is a, he's a guard forward hybrid. I think he's like around, what is he like six, eight, six, nine. So, you know, it's kind of like, it's, it's the height that met the magic, um, organization kind of looks for, is you know he just doesn't have necessarily the athleticism that most of the forwards that they end up getting like a you know Jonathan Isaac or a Paolo or um you know a Bobo that type of player so um I, I just wasn't the biggest fan of it um really just of the magic draft honestly I thought the two picks um I'm not the, just not the biggest fan of of those two players but um, for their case, I, I hope it works out. Yeah, I mean, I mostly agree with that. I think I probably would have definitely taken Grady Dick or Jordan Hawkins at, at 11 there. I think I've I've liked those players more. I thought, especially um, yep. Jordan Hawkins, I thought he'd fit really nice with them. Uh, but we'll, yeah. we'll see how uh, Jet works out. Um, maybe his, his dad, Juan, will uh, show him how to shoot and play in right. the NBA. 
So the Pacers ended up getting two basically back-to-back picks, um, if you count the uh, number eight pick trade. Um, but starting at number seven, they get, hopefully I pronounce this right, but it's Bilal uh, Kolobali. I think, I don't know. That's I think it's Bilal. Bilal Kolobali? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I think I got the last name right, which is, I mean, that's... Yeah. Anyway, he's he played on the same team that Victor Wembanyama, the number one pick, played on. So um, he's got good size. I think he is one of the youngest players in the draft, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, he might even be the youngest. Yeah, right. So um, probably a project for the Pacers. They do like some of those lengthy, tall, uh, power forward, center hybrids. Um, um, who's the one they got from the Suns who... Um, kind of played a lot, a good amount of minutes for them last year. Oh, Jalen Smith. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, Jalen Smith. And they also have, um, um, shoot, who's the other? <laughs> Not Miles Turner, but um, the other power forward. Isaiah Jackson. Um, yeah, Isaiah Jackson. So um, he just adds a little bit more versatility. I think it'll take him maybe, you know, two to three years to kind of come into his own, kind of like a Anthony, Anthony Simons pick that the portland trailblazers had a long time ago isn't uh sorry yes, yeah i was gonna say isn't blue on is he on the wizards oh he did get traded to the wizards oh that was in the okay so they they traded they the seventh swapped, and eighth pick right? so yeah right right so pacers got jairus walker which was the eighth pick drafted by the wizards they flip-flopped those picks i totally forgot about that uh thanks for bringing that to attention <laughs> yeah. so um yeah, Jairus Walker from Houston. Um, what are your thoughts on Jairus Walker? I, I like Jairus Walker. I, lo- I big, love that thick, pick for the Pacers. Right, right. Uh, fits kind of their mold of a strong guy. Um, pretty good with defending. Lateral quickness, you know, kind of iffy. But um, I think overall, like, he's shown he can shoot the ball. Um, he's probably more compares, compared to, like, uh, Sohan. From last year's draft, um, a big much uh, forward shooter, that can, though. yeah, but a much better shooter, which um, kind of completes overall. I wouldn't say he's overall like great, but um, if there was one guy out of this, you know, bottom half of the top ten that I would think that you know could be a top five rookie uh, in this draft pick or draft class, uh, he's he's definitely one of those guys that I would put in there. Yeah, I I tend to agree. Um, yeah, he get to me, he kind of reminds me of like a less athletic, like Miles Bridges. Um, he's like a bigger bodied, like forward. Um, I, I just, honestly, I, I liked a lot of guys on that Houston team. I thought they got a, they're one of those teams that are kind of like in the same sense of like Villanova where they're a good defensive team, um, always in college, um. I think he fits well with the Pacers. I, I'm starting to to really like that that like starting lineup of theirs of like Tyrese Halliburton, um, Mathurin at the two probably. Um, Walker he can either be a small four or a or a small forward, so it's kind of well. I mean, I put um, yeah. I mean, so Halliburton, you'd have Mathurin. Then you could either go him or like, like obviously like Turner would probably be the five, yeah. Um, and then you could go like either Isaiah Jackson at the four and him at the three, or could do like 
Naismith at the three and him at the f- four. I mean, well, they st- they still have Buddy Healed, so I'd probably still want some shooting um, at yeah. the three, and then you know put Jarris at the four because I-, I think he's a perfect small ball four. He's not super tall. I think he's like six 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 seven something yeah. like that. Not like two fifty though. Yeah, two fifty though. <laughs> so he's a, he's a big <laughs> so, body. Right, right. So he can handle you know with the with the big boys. So. Um, he's probably the most, you know, NBA ready sized player coming out of this draft this year. Uh, I think once he steps in, like you're not going to question, like, oh, he needs to, like, with Victor Wimbanyama or or some of these, you know, smaller guards. You're not going to be like, oh, he needs to, you know, come into his size a little bit more, maybe gain, you know, 15, 20 pounds. I mean, you're not going to have that question with him. I mean, he could probably even lose some weight if anything, just to yeah. kind of get a little bit more athletic. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. Um, then go, just going to what you were saying before about Lil. So he's actually going to the Wizards, um, and that was the seventh pick. Um, yep. I don't know if you saw, like, that uh, Jordan Poole already reached out to him. That that was kind of how I even remembered that he went to the Wizards. Um, so that's kind of fu- funny that Poole was the first person to reach out to him on the Wizards. Um yeah, I mean, Pool might be their top guy if they don't re-sign Kuzma. So that'll be yeah. that'll be interesting. He said, but, uh, um, as long as you don't punch me, we'll be fine. He did not. <laughs> no <laughs> way he said kidding. that. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> but, uh, the, oh, I mean, boy. the Wizards are just rebuilding. So, like, uh, it kind of makes sense that, or, yeah, that they get somebody like Below, who's, I, I would say he's probably, a, like, a little bit of a project. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, rounding out the top 10, though, we had the Jazz at number nine taking Taylor Hendricks from UCF. Um, I think this is a great pick. I like Taylor Hendricks. Great size, great athleticism, can also shoot the ball. Um, I think it was a great pick from the Jazz. Um, Mavericks ended up trading this pick at number 10 to go down two spots. Uh, we're at number 12. They got Derek Lively second from Duke, a center. Um, but at number 10, um, the Thunder end up getting Cason uh, Wallace. So another point guard, another small guard to kind of put into that Thunder system. Was this a surprising pick for you, knowing that they kind of need to get like a center? Uh, yeah, it was a little bit. I I do like Cason Wallace, though. Yeah, um, yeah, he's a good player. Honestly, I, I thought that was maybe who the Magic should have taken. Um, if they wanted to take a guard, um, because I, I, I probably like him a little bit more than Anthony Black, but I mean, I don't know. I probably wouldn't have taken him at six though, so I can understand that. Um, but right. I maybe would have taken him at eleven. That, that honestly, the draft kind of just broke bad for the Magic because they're probably hoping somebody like one of the Thompsons would be there at six. Um, but yeah, uh. I think it was a little bit surprising that they didn't pick a center um, just because, like, Chet, like, I feel like Chet's more of a power forward. They probably agree, to that he's power forward. Um, not Well, just he, like Wimby, you don't want to play Wimby at the center necessarily. Like, you want, I think both the, both Chet and Wimby, you want to kind of play at the for, power forward position just so they don't have to, you know, play against Jokic and Embiid um, and some of these bigger centers out in the league. I mean, to start off your your rookie campaign, I mean, you kind of want to, 
you don't want to expose them too much um so to say yeah and i i just honestly i think they're with players like that too like sometimes they're trying to follow like the even that they're not the same player as Giannis, but like the Giannis theme where like they have Giannis plus another big center, which like gives you a huge size advantage on teams. Um, so I think the, that route is smarter, especially because they're skinnier too. Um, right. But yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see who they nab at center though. Cause like, what do they have? Just Jeremiah or uh, Earl Robinson right now? Or Yeah. Earl Robinson. Um, <laughs> so um, I don't well, they did pick did up. They draft uh, one at the end. They did not. Okay. They they got another uh, guard, I believe. Okay. Just loading up on these guards. Yeah, I got. They got. Um, oh, Hunter Tyson, or did they not keep that? No. I'm trying to think. Uh, Keontae Johnson, uh, the guard from Kansas State, he's like a six oh. foot four guard. So, um, yeah, I'm expecting them to probably make a move in free agency or to make a trade before the season. Cause I mean, they got to get somebody big, especially in a Western conference that has a lot of great bigs. Um, maybe you've heard of Nikola Jokic or Anthony Davis or DeAndre Ayton, um, some of those players. Gobert. Gobert. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like Gobert did give him problems in the play-in. Yeah. So I, I mean, the Thunder. <laughs> to say it bluntly, the Thunder need to get a center. So <laughs> um, I expect them to get one before the start of the year. But um, that wraps up just the top ten. We're going to take a short break. When we come back from the break, we'll go through the uh, rest of the draft a little bit quicker than we did the front ten, just because. We wanted to, you know, emphasize the top 10 picks and uh, kind of what we thought about them. But uh, we'll uh, we'll talk about the end of the draft on the uh, after the break. Thank you guys for listening to part one of episode 62. Uh, we will have part two coming out right after this, dealing with the rest of the first round of the draft. Uh, we'll get into some free agency news, uh, possible free agents for the upcoming season. And then we'll get into some trades that have happened, maybe some possible trades in the future, along with some more NBA news. Uh, that'll be all for part one. We'll see you guys on the next one. Peace out. Mm-hmm.